Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash power. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For today's show, I'd like to recommend Blockchain Revolution, how the technology behind Bitcoin is changing money, business, and the world. A long and epic book written by Don and Alex Tapscott. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrew and joining me is... It's Maveen Cora. How you doing, Maveen? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm powered up. Are you? What's so uh, powering you up? This podcast. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> uh, well, it's good, right? It's uh, two people getting together and just talking about things that are on their mind and how they feel the state of the world is going, I guess, based on the topics we talk about. I feel like it's a really great outlet for a lot of things that I learn and study and find out and don't necessarily have the opportunity to share on something like the music entrepreneur because obviously the focus there is going to be music and not other interesting topics necessarily. Right. Well, there's a million other topics under the sun other than music, so I'm glad uh, me and you've actually talked about this and we decided to put this together. Yeah, we better get going. We got so many topics. Well, we do. And, uh, you know, we're recording, what, number 13 today? I believe, yeah, number 13. That'd be awesome, man. So uh, why don't you take it off and see where we go with this? We're talking about aging, science, and technology. Well, I think we all age. (laughs) You know, there's no way of, of taking that back. All that is is passage of time. And time is kind of a human construct in a way because quantum physics shows that time is kind of irrelevant. But it's it's perception, you know, sometimes time seems to go fast. Sometimes time seems to go slow. And, you know, Albert Einstein explained it by saying time is relative. So it's it's an interesting concept, but I think we see it in nature. We see it amongst each other as human beings. And it's it's going to change a lot, I think, with the emergence of new science and technology. No, you're, I fully agree with you. You know, I wasn't expecting you to say any of that right off the bat. <laughs> so that's pretty deep stuff right off there. But you're right, right? Um, you know, with the science just kind of working and, and trying to figure out, you know, the the miracle drugs and, and the fountain of youth and mm. all that, right? So, I mean, you're right in the fact that, um, you know, time is very relative. And it's it's uh, funny how you say that, right? You go out uh, anywhere. Let's say you go out for a night out on the evening on town here. And, uh, you know, it, you can go eat four or five hours that pass and it only feels like 10 minutes. You might watch uh, a quick TV show and, and you know, uh, two hours, three hours later, you know, it only felt like 15 minutes that you've been watching, but it's gone so quick, right, too. Exactly. Um, and then time slowing down. If you've ever been to work, you know, time never moves when you're at work. It's really slow. Or for those students that we have uh, listening as well, you know, when we're in school, sometimes time just seems to go so slow. Or like when you're traveling, like time doesn't seem to pass very quickly. And then you feel like you've packed so much in your day, like even just a three hour drive to Edmonton for us, that would feel like it was a really long time. And then if we did a bunch of other things that day, we would feel like we packed in a ton of ton of stuff. Whereas like an average work day, you might feel like you've accomplished very little or nothing by the end of it. So 
No, you're right. You know, um, it is relative, like you said, to what you're doing and maybe how fast you're going to, depending if you're in a car, right? So yeah. I know it's a three-hour trip at a recommended speeds of 100, but there are people who drive a lot faster, and that can't, trip can be done a lot faster than that. <laughs> two and a half hours, <laughs> two hours maybe? <laughs> the, the fastest I ever did it, and it was an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. To be honest, uh, we were going fast. <laughs> I believe it. Well, I think part of this whole aging thing is it's it's actually a scary subject for a lot of people, but it ties in a lot with things we've talked about before too, especially with pharmaceuticals. Maybe I should just wait for the, for that moment to actually reference that a little bit further with drugs and things like that. But you mentioned elixirs and fountain of youth and stuff like that too. So we'll we'll get into all that. I th- I wanted to talk a little bit about like how many years a human being can realistically live to. And I, I, don't, I think most people feel like that age is maybe somewhere between 65 and 80. But I th- the human body is fully capable of living to be 100 and 120 even. And we can see that from the blue zone, the so-called blue zones of the world, like Okinawa or the Himalayas, if I'm not mistaken. No, where, you're right, definitely. Yeah, where people, people kind of, they, they get regular exercise, they have community, they don't worry too much about a lot of stuff. And those are some of the reasons, I mean, they eat well too, but those are some of the reasons why they, they live to be that age. And I think we're, we're fast approaching where that's going to be accessible or, or like attainable for the average person to live to be 120. But it does depend a lot on government control. As, okay. long, as, as long as control is centralized, what benefit do they have in allowing people to live to that age? Same with the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, we're trying to get people in a subscription program here of drugs, so what what incentive do they have to let people live longer? Or maybe there is an incentive because they'll stay on the subscription program for longer. So I guess you could take that view as well. Well, that's very true. Now, before I get into that with you, I want to actually give our listeners a couple of little facts here. David, what do you think? Yeah, I'd love to hear some facts. Awesome, man. So the oldest known person right now that's uh, that's living is 100, or sorry, that was living, was 122 years old mm-hmm. and 164 days. Yes. Okay. Now, here's another cool fact. So 18 out of 20 of the oldest people ever recorded were women. Hmm. So only 2% were men. Right. Um, Now, I do like the fact that there's a a study that came out, a report that came out, I guess I should say, um, in January 2016, they actually had a man in Brazil, which they have confirmed uh, through his passport, funny enough, which is a government-issued document, but they're not 100% going to stand by it either. But they said he was 131 years old. Wow. Now... Again, you know, um, he, he's a, the oldest recorded man, but again, it's still kind of being debated if it, they're going to use the documentation they have to, to prove that, right? So, right. So uh, they're not even sure. Say again? So they're not even sure. Yeah, they're not even sure, right? So, uh, but I mean, it's a documented passport given by the government. So, I mean, you would think the Guinness Book of World Records would allow that to be uh, evidence of his age. To be recognized. Uh, you know, he, he's got a daughter. He's got a wife. Uh, obviously a lot younger his wife is than him, but they've been together for 40 years. 
uh, or so. So it's it's pretty interesting, or 30 years it was, something like that. So I thought that was interesting. And kind of the other thing to kind of uh, put in perspective of what you're saying was there's areas in uh, Pakistan, it's a place in the uh, Hanza Valley, I hope I say that mm. correctly, that the people, most people in that area have lived up to 100 mm. and have not had many um, cases where people have diseases like cancer. So it's very interesting. And the biggest thing that they were doing uh, that's being recorded is they have a, a diet that's high in flaxseed. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think that was another thing too, was a uh, diet of coconut oil in some cases, like that's not necessarily available locally everywhere, but that can also be a, a contributor to, to longer life supposedly. And it's actually becoming a lot more popular as you've probably noticed. I use coconut oil in my, in my cooking generally. And sometimes I'll even just grab a spoonful knowing some of the health benefits and things like that. So yeah, no, that's an excellent way to do it, right? There's so many different uses for coconut oil. And yep. I mean, there's, you can find tons of them on the internet. One of the things I do as well, and you've come over and had a bulletproof coffee with me mm. too, and it's just putting it in my coffee, mixing it with uh, butter and blending them too, right? And It's great and, stuff. Yeah, and using it for that brain food that I think a lot of us are potentially lacking sometimes these days. Exactly. I think one of the things that I wanted to set forth a little bit was what? how would it change your viewpoint on life to think of 60 years old as being mid-age? Because a lot of people have a tendency of thinking 60 is kind of towards the end of my life and a lot of people don't even feel like maybe they function properly at that point there's a lot of reasons for that inflammation and food and some of the other factors like you do need to clear out some of that stuff out of your body in order to to feel well but we think of mid-age in society as being like 40 right well you know you have a great point now um, I think b- back in the medieval days, I think 40 was old and that's what they had considered to be old or even younger than that. You know, people were getting married even younger than what we get married nowadays. Like, um, yourself, you're in your thirties, you're not married yet. I didn't get married until I was in my thirties. Now more and mm. more people are starting to wait longer and longer before they get married. It's fairly common now. Yeah. Right. And you know, um, as we're getting uh, to opportunities to be older, you know, things are just kind of spreading out a little bit further. But, you know, statistics still say that most people will, you know, potentially die uh, by the time they're 68, right? So, I mean, there's still stats in place that are, you know, you can check on any government website that says it, right? Which is kind of sad. So, well, it is a centralized uh, source of information. So, so, you know, there is that too, but no, absolutely. But, you know, to, to the point of statistics at least you know numbers don't lie right i mean you can see it all around you you can hear stories of people dying in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s Uh, absolutely all the time right so i mean i I will take it with a grain of salt that you know there are still a lot more people it seems to me that there's a lot of baby boomers right now out there and you know they will eventually start to pass as well um i think one of the big things that we were really wanting to also look at was how could you even prolong it right so Mm -hmm. uh there's two ways i believe that we are going to discuss is one is naturally getting there and one is through science getting there. Yeah, exactly. You got it right. I, I want to take a brief tangent and just kind of discuss the strictly hypothetical and three, theoretical as well, which is, kind of, you know, recorded documents in the Bible. It, it talks about people that live to be hundreds uh, of years old. So, you know, you talked about the medieval times and how people only live to be 40, but it's, it's history shows us that 
going back several thousand years, people may have lived to be hundreds of years old, unless that was some kind of metaphor or analogy or, you know, some other way of, of describing the long life that they lived. Right. And, you know, just being on the technology side of things for the Bible, I'm like, I'm not sure if, you, if you've heard of the show Ancient Aliens or not. Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's some huge debate on, you know, depending on if you like the thinking and the theories that, that people have presented from that show are, you know, saying that, you know, potentially the, these people who live to the ages of three, four, five, nine hundred years old uh, weren't actually humans, right? They mm. were potentially uh, beings from another world or another planet who were here that long. I mean, we can look at any human being, and I put that in quotations, in recorded history. And again, again, this history that's being told to us, not necessarily studied by every one of us, right? We're, we're kind of taking a lot of this stuff on face value as well, right? So uh, based on what we're being told and heard uh, and, and understood to believe is that these, these people, most people only live to a certain age, right? You know, 30s, 40s, maybe maybe 50s. That was considered old. Look at people like Confucius, even prior to the Bible uh, being written, or even, I guess, maybe, at least before even Jesus' time, right? And uh, maybe closer to the time of the uh, First uh, Testament, I believe it is, before the New Testament. So uh, a lot of that is also um, being said in there. Now, you have to, I think, take a lot of this with a grain of salt. If you do yeah. believe that these people live to these ages, then you have to ask, well, how was it possible? Exactly. I, I think, you know, that's one possible explanation for, for how, how it went there. But yeah, let's get back to your point about aging naturally or aging through science and technology and some of the emerging fields there. I think getting there naturally, like I'm not a doctor and Maveen's not a doctor and, and we're not nutritionists or anything like that. So we ne couldn't necessarily tell you how to get there. But I think the basics totally apply. Resting, sleeping well, eating well getting exercise, having strong relationships around you. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of people with, with not many friends, but even if you do live to be 70, 80, 90, 100, also many of your friends may have passed away by that point too. And so I think it, it's, you know, you, you sort of have to renew your spirit and not become jaded and cynical because people pass on. You'd have to be the kind of person that's willing to go out again and again and again and continue to make new friendships and new relationships and go deep with them. No, you're right, uh, David. And, and you have to look at other things too, such as, you know, there. I think aging and dying is sometimes just a chance, right? You see people out there who smoke, uh, who drink, you know, they're not only damaging their uh, cells and their liver and their lungs. And these guys, you see them living until 80, 90 years old, naturally, yep. you know, and dying of natural causes, not of cancer. And then you hear about people who are fully active and pass away from cancer, right? So there's something to be said about, I think, chance of how long you're going to live as well, right? I think that's one of the, the things that makes life very interesting is not knowing when you're going to go or from what you're going to go from. I think there's there's also maybe a lot of genetic or environmental factors that we couldn't possibly know about because you're right, sometimes these athletes that work out every single day and, and push really hard die at, at, at a young age, maybe in their 20s, maybe in their 30s. Sometimes it's cancer and sometimes it's you know, an aneurysm on the spot. So yeah, we really don't know. And I don't think there's really any way of, of predicting it. I mean, we can kind of say somewhat based on genetics, environmental circumstances, job, 
what kind of environment you work in and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, really, you can't say when when someone's gonna die. No, you can't. And I think, and like I said, that's I think the cool part about being alive today and you know in no other time in history you know we're being able to record and tell people kind of how we feel and and share those same thoughts with other people and some people may completely dismiss everything we're saying right but that's kind of the the time we live in right the social media world and uh, having the ability to communicate with people and tell them about you know aging right and that's what i mean was going back to this statistics say to say that people will die from certain things right now uh, I think those statistics will start changing as well because I think our environmental influences are also changing as well, right? So one of the things you mentioned earlier was diet, right? Uh, you know, more and more are people starting to consume sugar, right? Mm-hmm. And flour and and all these things. And you can see that the environment, you know, believe it, believe in uh, the ozone layer being depleted or not. I mean, I'm not going to get into that talk today. But Might be a, another <laughs> subject for another time. <laughs> yeah, but you can see how, uh, you know, there's more pollutants right the more people we have on this planet the more carbon footprint that we create as well right uh, you can look into the two of the biggest countries out there uh, China and India and just look at them they have over two billion or one-third of the planet living in those two countries right and just look at the the carbon footprint that's being created there uh, and, and of course that pollutants also spread around the world and not getting too deep into uh, the movement of food and whatnot but I mean things are being being sold and bought all over the world and being brought to North America and sold back and forth. And I mean, some of the pollutants that are in the ground over there are also being, uh, are also coming here for our consumption. And that is also going to affect how we age as well. Yeah, I, I can't remember the exact figures Tony Robbins cited in his book Money, but he was talking about how as, as people like we're as a, as a population, as human beings, we're not really growing at a, at a steady, consistent rate. We're also not, maybe not necessarily growing exponentially, but we are multiplying. And then the next 20 years, we could have tens of tens of billions of people. We're not talking about 7 billion or 6 billion people. We could be tens of billions of people, like 20, 30 billion, something along those lines. So, I mean, I don't know if we're headed that way or not, but you're right. We're, we're progressively taking over the earth in a way. No, for sure. And, you know, depending on your study and your thought of uh, your thoughts and belief, I don't think, you know, that this is the first time we've taken over an earth like planet. You know, I think that we've Mm. as a as a as a beings on this planet have probably done this and depleted the resources of other planets many times. It's kind of, if you look into what science is looking to do right now, right there, looking, exploring different uh, planets right now, one being Mars, looking to send people to Mars and do some exploration. You know, uh, that Matt Damon movie was a perfect example, mm. right? Like things that they've thought of is growing your own food on a planet Elysium. like Mars and, and whatnot. Right. Uh, Elysium, is, is that the movie you were thinking of? Uh, no, I can't. But, uh, <laughs> Mission to Mars, I think. Oh, like that. yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I don't remember the exact name I know anymore, what you're talking but, uh, about now. Yeah. yeah, you know, he goes out there and he's, he grows his own food and, and uses compost and whatnot. Yeah, potatoes. So, yeah, you know, and, and exactly. And, and these things, if people can think about doing that from the planet Earth and have the ability to think like that, what makes you think people haven't already done something like this already? If those thoughts can happen, it can and be created as well. Right. So in other words, like the things that we see on the big screens and on TV and in the media and stuff like that, which are supposedly quote unquote science fiction, 
might have their roots in, in in reality. And I think that's actually shown through some novels that have been written by by science fiction author, authors. They once wrote about it, and then it actually became a development later on. It's almost like a, a prophetic message in a way. So I think that kind of thing happens. Well, for sure. You know, look at even the most popular movies out right now, stuff like Star Wars and Star Trek, right? They do take place in galaxies far, far away. I hope I don't get uh, sued for saying that by uh, (laughs) George Lucas or Disney. But, um, but, you know, it's true. Like, these are stories that happen on different planets and different worlds. And and, and you see how those people are looking and the perception of what those uh, characters will look like, how different they look than us human beings, right? And how you'll see all these people living in harmony, not... Not necessarily always, but most of these different people that look very different from me and you, you know, they are living happily, it looks like. Yeah, that's that's a very interesting. But I think it's an important consideration it's with, it's with regards to like technology, because what if we could go in space? We know that the construct of time works differently in space. And maybe if we were suspended in space as opposed to living on Earth, we could live longer or maybe we would live shorter because we're further from the sun and things like that. So all those kinds of considerations could certainly play into people's lifespan. I don't think we're anywhere near the point where some, you know, we can take dozens, let alone hundreds and thousands of people up into space, like in the Star Trek. But <laughs> those days might be, you know, 20, 30, 40, maybe even a hundred years off. Right. Well, and, and those, and we could already be doing it and no one knows, right? So that's true too. I mean, we don't know exactly what happens. I don't know what's happening in area 51. No, <laughs> that's another topic. Right? Yeah. By itself. Um, but it's true, right? I mean, we don't really know, but let's go with what I think most people probably believe. Let's believe that everything that's happening around us is the truth. Uh, you know, let's just talk in those confines. It's easier to talking what people perceive as a reality happening right now then uh based on things people can't necessarily see because they won't maybe don't want to believe it or um they can't see it so they can't fathom that that's actually potentially happening right so um i mean if it's happening okay but we do see and hear about missions going into space and then the scientists that are working on just checking out different bone densities and how to grow food and how our bodies go through the uh, process of aging and our bone density and all that different uh, scientific experiments they've done not just on humans but they have taken animals up into space as well to to test that as well right so i mean um whatever those um results have been i'm not very sure because i have never really read into those Um, but if people are are, that are listening are very interested i would recommend you know going to those websites and taking a read of what's kind of uh, being found found out there and uh, kind of decide for yourself what you believe yeah and and let us know in the comments what you find because we're interested too I think with, with aging with science and technology offers some, some possibilities and some, some opportunities for us to potentially live longer. And, and I think that's, that's kind of where we're driving with this, with this episode in a way too. Basically things like 3d printing, which so many people talk about the application of building homes and how cheap that's going to become with, with 3d printing. But there seems to be so many other applications which to which it could potentially apply. It's kind of our own version of, of the replicator on Star Trek in a way. We could have the potential to 3D print uh, organs, like vital human organs. And I think that technology is coming along pretty quickly, meaning you could probably replace anything that isn't working right and also reduce the chances of your body rejecting somebody else's vital organ that, that you need to survive. And we also know that people people 
often wait a long, long time for those kinds of surgeries too to try to get organs replaced that that they need to live. No, you got a good point, David, and. I think that brings up another issue as well, uh, you know, especially when we're talking about organs and, uh, and whatnot. So, you know, it depends our, and, and I have a different philosophy from you potentially, and even from our listeners, right? Like we have to look at why these organs need to be replaced, right? Is it something that the damages have been caused naturally? Is this something that the people have done to themselves, right? I mean, you hear about all the time there are people have liver damage because of excessive drinking or like we we're talking about smoking or uh, whatnot, right? I mean, these are damages that people have done to themselves because they have an addiction, right? So then it comes into, well, do you give the people that heart or that, you know, that uh, lung or do you give them that liver because they deserve it or does somebody else deserve it who has not uh, done that to themselves and put them in that position, right? It's more of a natural cause. So it does come into an idea of who would get that transplant first. But I mean, with 3D printing, I'm assuming that you'd be able to, you know, uh, produce hundreds and thousands at one time right exactly so, and you can potentially even stockpile these things um, but then it comes into what is the cost to sell to somebody in the procedure as well yeah well I, I think with 3d printing if we're talking about printing homes and, and building entire communities with that I would guess that printing an organ is much easier to do so I, I see what you're saying you know somebody who's gone through their life smoking or deliberately ruining their bodies should they actually get uh, you know have an opportunity to get those organs replaced I can't really tell you I just know that it's an opportunity that's kind of staring us in the face right well you know it is nice because a lot of these people you know were or got addicted to a lot of this stuff not in their own doing right mm. i mean it is the same pharmaceutical companies that uh do put out the the different drugs that people get um addicted to not only just drugs but i mean uh and again we're just talking about one thing like uh cigarettes or even alcohol right so uh not saying good or bad about either one of them it's your choice to want to smoke it's your choice to want to drink it's your choice to want to consume these things, right? I mean, exactly. I was telling you right before this, I tried smoking. I really couldn't understand the point of it. I logically couldn't make sense of why I'd want to spend, you know, $9, 10 $20 a pack uh, to kill myself in the end, right? <laughs> it's so, crazy, yeah. Um, it just didn't fit, make mental sense to me. But like we were talking about before we started recording this, there's other things I'm sure I'm addicted to, uh, you know, that because every one of us do have some sort of addictive personality, right? And maybe that addiction that I have is killing me. Maybe it's not, right? And if it's not ki killing me physically, it may be killing me mentally or spiritually or uh, fine, uh, maybe a different way of financially, potentially as well. Yeah. Another opportunity that is potentially staring us in the face. I wish I could describe this more eloquently because I heard it on a podcast, probably like the James Altucher show or, or something like that. But we're, we're fast coming to the point now, too, where we could regenerate limbs. You know, it used to be if it was burned off or caught off or sawed off. There might be a chance that if you brought it in to the doctor and put it on ice and do everything right, that you might be able to get it sewn back on. But we're now coming to the point where limbs could probably easily be regenerated with the new technology that's that's coming out so that's not a reason to go out and lose a limb but you know in the unfortunate event that you do there's now the possibility probably within the next you know however many years to actually regenerate a limb that you've lost 
Wow, that's that's actually very interesting, right? I mean, there are a lot of people who go to war and lose limbs and hands and arms, and yeah. you know, um, and and they t- it takes a long time for them to get used to living like. I guess living with something they they used to have, right? Uh, it even goes for eyesight as well, right? I mean, it's an organ that someone can lose, and then potentially you can replace somebody's eyes and allow them to see the same way they used to, or grab something, maybe hug a child that they can't hug anymore, or walk over and do just the simple things they were able to do before they lost these limbs, right? So I mean, there's I think great things that science can do to give people their peace of mind back. Um, I mean that. It's a very interesting topic as well. What are your thoughts on that, David, too? Yeah, well, eyes is another thing that I've I've heard a little bit about, and it's very interesting. So they actually have been doing some experiments and studies and, and things like that to where they're restoring people's eyesights, and it's not always successful, but, you know, we could pro- we're definitely headed in that direction. In the cases where they were successful, they found that it was very difficult for the patient to accept their new reality. At first, the ability to see is kind of a magical thing, and and they enjoyed it. But then they began to notice that light post that they always thought they always knew was there, and they imagined in their mind what it was like. But it's not perfect. It's you know, it's got scratches on it, it's got dents on it, it's got bumps on it, and that's that's. It sounds weird, but that's how we begin to view the world when we can actually see versus what we imagine we were seeing. So uh, it's, it's apparently very difficult for, for, you know, people that to recover their sight later in life to now accept what the world actually looks like versus what it, they imagine it to look like. Right. And, you know, you make me think of a, an example of Stevie Wonder. Um, you know, he doesn't mm. have his eyesight. I mean, he's definitely one of the greatest musicians of all time. Uh, you know, he, he, he has an art that he's been able to create. He's learned different instruments, not being able to see them, not being able to play them. He's developed friendships that are lifelong lasting by not being able to see what people look like and judge them based on what they look like or dress like or, you know, uh, his perceptions of eyesight, right? So he's been able to use his other senses to judge people, right? Not just what he can see so i mean uh being blind in that respect has allowed him to really be non-judging i think right and really just see people for who they are again not with his eyes but with his heart yeah he, he pretty much just smiles and has fun and plays music. That's <laughs> what he's good at. So. Right. Well, that's what we see, right? We don't see the, the back end yeah. of how Stevie Wonder lives. No, right? there so. certainly could. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was some toil and struggle and all that kind of stuff behind it. But that's kind of one of the things that makes us like him, right? Like in his public facing image is so happy and, and upbeat in a way. No, for sure, right? And I mean, it's knowing what those struggles behind the scenes are, right? And that's just, I think, the things that I'm trying to get uh, when I'm saying what I'm saying is trying to get our listeners to think about is not just what we can see about, in this example, mm. Stevie Wonder's life. It's trying to see past what we can see, right? Really think about if if you could relate to him, if you had lost your eyesight, how would you see the world or sense the world, right? Would you sense the world and see the world just like Stevie Wonder does? Or would you, you know, be more negative? I mean, you, the smile you see on his face is he's positive he's accepted what he is right and how he is and if you were to give him his eyesight back you know it's an interesting question do you think he'd want it back yeah i don't know maybe he would jump at the opportunity but it, now what what is the long-term prospect of that maybe it's exactly as described everything that he thought was perfect or imagined to be perfect is not right 
So it's kind of neat, right, to live in a in a world that's just right for you. You know, I think and that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we go at certain ages right now. We go at a certain age because that's kind of what our chance is, right? Some people, like I said, they live and they smoke and they, and they drink and they abuse their own bodies with different drugs as well. And they live a lot longer than people who are healthy. Sometimes. Right? And, you know, these things do happen. Not all the time, absolutely. But we do hear about these cases. But, you know, it is a thing of chance, right? So even to have your, if you lose your limbs, I mean, it's an experience not saying you know and i can't even speak from that because i have all my 10 toes and i have all my fingers and i have yeah. my my legs and my arms and my head and 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 all my hair and everything right so uh, relatively speaking my body is perfect right so it's very tough for me to say you know it's an experience for somebody to lose their arm it's very tough but i do think the people that are able to understand what happened and and move on past it will see their loss of their arm or limbs as as an experience to be lived and trying right i mean i've seen people who draw with their feet and their paintings yeah. sell for thousands or of play dollars guitar with their feet absolutely right so there's so many different things the human body can accomplish without having your hands to play guitar uh, or your or you know what i mean so um i think it's if you have to be able to accept that one you've lost your limbs and then be able to figure out ways to move forward right now i'm not saying that i would be able to at all because i don't even know what that uh feeling would be like god forbid that ever happens to me right but um if it ever did i mean it's a challenge that anybody who would lose their limbs would have to go through and i think in that point of things uh having a strong family base really helps now if there is a, a way to have science and technology uh, come in and help that way is your choice to want it i think True. A, a part of what you're speaking to, and I'm sorry, I'm going to go on another tangent and, and also talk about the hypothetical. Hey, that's okay. That's the whole show about tangents. <laughs> the, there's, you know, people fall on different camps with this, but we'll say that, you know, some people believe basically we're only tapping into 5% of our human potential, not necessarily a brain, just our human potential in general. We're only tapping into about 5% of it and, and 95% of it is dormant and we don't know hard to harness it now potentially you know you had the thing about aliens earlier it could also be an explanation for how in in earlier times we were able to live longer or in earlier times we were able to build the pyramids or do stonehenge you know all that kind of stuff because we don't necessarily have an explanation for for a lot of that and and but the reason i bring that up is because of the many layers to to being a human you know if it's just the physical if this is it i think a lot of us sense a lot more going on than than just what's happening in our in our environment physically you know there would be no need to talk about law of attraction or religion or spirituality if we didn't sense that maybe there was another layer potentially to to this existence of ours and we if if we're only using five percent we can't necessarily see all those layers but we're at least tapping into them right you know and it's funny uh, david one of the one of the ideas or points that i wrote down was talking about uh, reincarnation mm. right so i mean if for example let's say through science and technology they're able to let's say we're able to live forever you know one of the things that you talked about earlier was to you know if you if the the planet had 20 30 40 50 billion people eventually you would just have one of two things happen you would either keep creating 
or you'd eventually have to stop creating people because now you've just had too many people, right? So that's a, another moral thing that I've actually brought, had a couple different points I want to start talking about a little bit later when we're ready yeah. to uh, talk about. But one of the things with reincarnation, I think that helps people. And again, that gets somewhat into spirituality, somewhat into God. I don't know how deep or interrelated those topics really are. I mean, um, I'm assuming that a lot of people do believe that they've uh, been on this planet before, on a different planets before, and have uh, you know met certain people and do believe that you know somewhere down the line, even for me and you, for example, we've been friends before, and we've maybe not recorded these talks, but we've had similar gatherings and we've talked about these things, and hmm. you know, and, and uh, we've had these type of conversations before. Um, you know, it's it's funny and it's very interesting because I think if you take that away, then you also take away potentially hope as well. Um, maybe you you take away hope for a better existence, but maybe this is what also religion preaches to us, right? So uh, then that comes to me, well, then how does this 5% of our brain, how will we only be able to to use 5% of the brain and have 95% turned off? Well, who turned it off then, right? And does that affect the way we think? Does that affect the way we aged? Yeah, those are, I mean, that's exactly where I wanted to go with this next. <laughs> all, all that kind of stuff is is super relevant because if age becomes less of a factor, what does that realistically mean for jobs, for relationships, for beliefs, things that we've been taught through religion and society and, and media? Doesn't it really, you know, it's, it's actually a paradigm breaking thing if suddenly we're all living to be 120, 140, 160 and, and possibly beyond. Cause what about jobs? It's paradigm breaking because most of us think quote unquote retirement age is 65. Now you and I maybe know that retirement's like a dollar amount. Really, realistically, it's not an age, but if, if we were accepting of the fact that retirement age is 65 and you're going to live to be 140, you still need money coming in realistically, right? Like if we still have the same society we have today, assuming we're still capitalistic and still democratic, at least in, in this particular region of the world, well, you're going to need money to live to that age. Doesn't that make it really challenging? I think you're right, you know, and that's one of the things I wrote down too, right? If and it show and most studies show as of right now that again, like I said, people are living longer than we used to live, but again, we're still passing at you know 68 as an average age, right? Let's say 72, I think, was males. I think women still mm-hmm. live longer uh, than men. Uh, but you're right. If we don't have enough money to buy stuff today. You know, most people are living on credit today. Most people are are living uh, paycheck to paycheck just today. So, um, what happens when you get you know thirty years out longer than your expected age to live? Right? How are you going to take care of yourself then? Who's taking care of you? Is the government taking care of you? And if that's the case, then I do have some other points to talk about <laughs> yeah. uh, that you know, which I, I you know can affect the way things happen you know but again if you're able to be uh, take care of yourself uh, again money will only it's 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 not real necessarily right it's it's what we perceive to be able to buy things it's with right so um but i guess if you're going 30 40 years out what makes you think we even need to buy food anymore yeah exactly and as far as like how it would be paradigm breaking to like relationships I, I don't really subscribe to this, but I, I heard this somewhere, which was that uh, in marriage, the, the, the guy is trying to get out 
and and goes through hell in the first 10 years and in the second set of de- second decade the woman's trying to get out and go through hell in the third decade they're both going through hell and then fourth decade everything's great <laughs> it's a crazy way of thinking about marriage to me i'm not married so i couldn't really tell you if that's the case or if there's there's any truth to that or not but you're basically putting a time frame on it you're saying 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years and then we're going to be dead um but if you're living to be 120 that's not true is it you have many more decades ahead of you so what does that mean for a relationship what especially like a, a marriage right well you know if we were to take all the things that we do right now in our marriages now, and at least I'm married, so I can at least speak to that. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, general population speaking, uh, we all go to work. We all work hard at work. Uh, and what are we doing it for, right? To create a life to pass, I believe, to the next generation, right? To mm-hmm. our kids. And then our kids' kids. And see that family wealth go down the line, generation, uh, you know, on your family tree, right? Absolutely. Um, if we're going to look at what we're talking about biblical earlier, even... Um, God killed his own son, Jesus, to save the world, right? So he had to crucify him to show that death is real. So were people living longer than Jesus at the time? I don't know, um, or not. But one of the things you have to look at is why these things happen. Now, if I'm on the 40-40 plan, and for those who don't know what the 40-40 plan (laughs) is, it's work 40 hours a week for 40 years to retire and then die later yes now if i'm living longer would my 40 40 plan now turn into a a 60 plan 60 year plan a 70 year plan an 80 year plan is that what we're here to do is just work you know Mm. i think that's not true to the answer i think you know and i know most entrepreneurs know that we're not here just to work i think we're here to do something bigger and better than work for somebody else you know i think working for ourselves is definitely one of the things uh and i don't mean working for somebody else in a negative way because i feel by putting these podcasts out we are working for our listeners as well right yeah Uh, we're working to help improve their lives or at least in you know enhance their thinking as well right so uh, just depending on how you look at work but i know for most people like I was saying before, if time is slowed down when they're in school and when they're at work, you know, would they want to go to work for another 30, 40 years and feel like time is just slowing down because now they're healthier, they're able to work longer, work harder, be stronger, lift more, uh, work longer days. So what are you really creating a society of slavery? Well, I think in some ways, that's exactly what we've had for for so many years is a society of slavery. That's why you often hear me talk about the system of control. It's dangerous to make an assumption about the system of control because do we know that it's real? Can we confirm it? No, but we can see evidence of it. And that's that's why I talk about it, right? That's why we've talked about it with pharmaceuticals. It, it, it is a system. I mean, I, I can't, me, myself, I can't see it any other way. It is a system of control. It's just trying to get people into a subscription program to pay the healthcare industry money. Right. Well, one of the things to think about is if, let's say, for example, you're able to develop organs and stockpile organs, and let's say one day you're just able to order a heart on the internet and do your own transplant, for example, because I mean, uh, my assumption would be one, science wants to 
science and doctors want to make money. The pharmaceuticals industry want to make money. So are they going to give us faulty hearts, hearts that we have to replace every five years, let's say, you know, or do we have to take now medicine to make sure that heart stays working with our bodies forever? So, you know, that's one of the things that I was thinking about Subscription heart. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, right? I mean, that's just one thing, right? Just look at the lung and then really, are you becoming artificial technology, uh, you know, AI, or are they going to develop artificial technology or are they going to have some sort of hybrid where we become a hybrid of artificial intelligence? Well, AI is coming. That is another, another thing that I've, I've heard a little bit about recently. I think it was on the accidental creative podcast and you know, one of the interesting conclusions he came to was that, you know, we think creativity is, is something fairly unique to human beings, but he's saying that AIs are probably going to be capable of producing beautiful and wonderful things just the way human beings are. And in fact, our greatest strengths will be unlocked when human beings and AI work together. So the best pairing, you know, it's not that human beings are better than AI and it's not that AI is better than human beings, but when you pair them together, you have a force that's pretty crazy. Right. So we become the AI. So it's interesting to think because then if you start thinking about how aging will also work into to, to wars as an example, right? So now you have bodies that have, you know, hybrids of our human bodies and an artificial intelligence. Mm. And how does that work into war? Then are you really able to kill the people that you are in war against right so or do people like come back like zombies or what really has starts happening right i mean you have to start thinking about that like do you think wars i think happen over because of control so if they're trying to control something mm-hmm. then i think the wars not only become supposedly about religion but really have the background of oil and resources uh now they become about resources of pharmaceutical wars so are mm-hmm. people going to start you know having wars for those things instead right so that feels really gets in there that feels like something that could definitely happen in the future as a pharmaceutical or yes right and you can already see that kind of happening right you i know i was watching cnn with the debates that have been happening in the u.s and by the time this episode releases those debates will be done and and uh, we'll have either yeah, Hillary Clinton our new or president Donald trump in right so thank uh, god it's over yeah well absolutely it's uh it's going to happen, right? So then what What do you do there, right? So uh, that's what kind of makes me think about with prescription medicine. Now, will you even need the pharmaceutical industry? Let's say, for example, they're able to develop the perfect thing that you only need to change one time, that organ, and you have the perfect organ forever. Your body will accept it uh, because they'll probably do some sort of uh, genetic testing with you and for you, whatever. But let's say they go ahead and uh, make that perfect. So down the road, will there be a need for the pharmaceutical industry at all other than the creation of of organs and after a while if you if you stop let's say for example uh giving birth to people because you really don't need to because all the people on this planet today are all we really need is there a need to have more people being born into our world i think we can answer that or i can answer that question by posing another question what if the most of the healthcare industry was replaced with naturopaths as opposed to people peddling drugs Right. Well, even in naturopath, it's not going to necessarily make you live to 120, 130, 150, 200 years old, right? It's not a an answer to live forever. Ever. It's an no, answer. No, and I to, don't think anybody's claiming to be that necessarily. 
Right. No, not at all. And they're not right. And, but that's what I mean. So if you, even if you were taking a more holistic lifestyle and, you know, into, you know, uh, Chinese medicine or, uh, Indian uh, medicine and, and, uh, you know, medicine, medicine from the natives, native Indians of this planet, and then looking into forests and really looking at plants and different herbs on how to make yourself better. It, let's say it prolongs your life, but realistically, again, I think it still puts it up to chance again. It's not something that we can necessarily fully control. I think we can have a, a a great way to prolong our life using these these uh, these items every every day and and whatnot. But again, sometime you will will pass because you know there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting hit by a bus tomorrow or by a car or being stabbed by somebody, right? So these things, no matter if you take a holistic lifestyle or not, can still happen to you. Well, and to your point about war, though, like we've been lucky somewhat in that much of it has been localized in recent years and the fighting is happening on the grounds of that particular country. But we've known for many decades now, ever since the creation and proliferation of nuclear warfare, that you know, if, if it was not localized and somebody hit the wrong buttons or hit them intentionally, the world would more or less be over. I mean, we might have some survivors, but definitely the world as we know it would be over in the constructs that we have. No, you're right. And I mean, then I guess science and technology would win because they would come back to recreate the populations if there were people who survived. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever watched the show Walking Dead or whatnot, but uh, I mean, it does give you a great example of what life could look like where things are people have been extinct. But it's interesting to see that nature would continue without us as well. Yeah, and the interesting metaphor about zombies is like they already live among us. So guys, don't wait and expect them to show up. You just have to go to like your your city's downtown or industrial complex, and you see people walking by who are uh, dead on the inside, and and those are those are real life zombies. No, for sure, and it's just a different way of looking at people, right? And yeah, and again, we're not trying to judge anybody. I think we're no. just trying to show that there are people, you know, just staring at their phones constantly, right? I mean, that's a reality of this world, right? With the uh, with the option of having a cell phone in your hand, you're connected constantly to people all across the planet, across the world, or even sitting next to you. I, you know, we were at a dinner the other day and watching people kind of just interact. I love watching people. I love the sociology side of things and just kind of watching how people were talking. I mean, three out of four people were on their phones messaging somebody else. And the one person was just sitting there kind of waiting for these people, I think, yeah, to wake up, to wake up and have a conversation with each other versus having that conversation with somebody who couldn't make it. Now, again, if so they were planning... There. One person I could see planning uh, for somebody else to come or trying to give them directions or something, but three people having three separate conversations with potentially three different people about three different topics really doesn't show me that people are connected the way uh, science, I think, has wanted us to connect and the way technology has wanted us to connect. It's it's very true. I mean, what good does it do to live an extra 40, 60 years just so you can be on Facebook for another extra 40, 60 years? <laughs> And, and this is the reality that we live in. Like, I, I'm sorry to say, but I, I feel like you're you're going to look back on life and go like, why the hell did I waste so much time on Facebook or social media? Uh, I, I agree. It has some power. It has its place. It has its value. But at the same time, if, if that's where the majority of your time is being spent is, is 
and these phones are constructed to be addictive. So don't blame yourself for that. Obviously, there's people working behind the scenes to make this more addicting by the day, both Facebook and smartphones. But um, it's it's the same thing for me. Yeah, I'm often sitting at tables waiting for the conversation to start. And like, why are we here together? If you just want to go talk to this other person, go to their place. I don't care. well it's true right i mean these are just the things right and that's with the times that we've gone through i mean you got to think back when you know hundreds and even thousands of years ago and even going back to cavemen you know they sat around the fire from what i can understand you know they didn't have anything they stared into the sky they weren't looking at anything else right life was about day to day yeah they weren't living paycheck to paycheck kind of how a lot of people live today with that 40 40 plan that a lot of people were on but they were on a survival plan right they were on a day by day maybe a 40 hour plan or a two hour plan uh to see what would happen next would they be able to get their next meal or not right so i mean there's things that have been happening uh for millennium now i guess the best way to stop that would be to you know make people live forever Uh, i really do believe that now i guess would then you have to be able to get all the people that live to that live forever to be constructive and be progressive in our society as well right Uh, i think if we were going to do going back to the idea of uh, space exploration if you were going to travel to the the vast ends of the universe and leave our own solar system you'd have to be able to live forever Uh, because as we know our body will age in space fast or slow uh, on with prescription pharmaceuticals or not with the right food and nutrition or not our bodies and cells will age right and i think that's kind of why if you look at things you know our our cell our cells die people lose their hair uh, they turn white or gray um i've been blessed you know not to have any of that happen (laughs) i'm very happy but you know i am not cynical to believe that you know i won't eventually one day be fully white hair you know or maybe lose my hair or whatever right um or other limbs you know who knows right i don't know what life's gonna bring but i think that's the cool part of it not knowing right where uh having a telephone in your face i guess to a lot of people feels like they can be in the know constantly they can be connected constantly but they're really just connected through artificial intelligence they're not really connected through uh one-on-one intelligence yeah because i mean you hear so many stories or some of the books that we read right like where uh this this couple has two babies and the two babies are are pl- placed in two separate uh not cradles but whatever it is that they use at the at the hospitals and the one is weak and dying and the other one is fine and healthy so they put the one that's fine and healthy with the one that's dying in the same you know bed or whatever it is and then that one becomes whole and healthy too because of that support and and the closeness and everything else and that's I if I, I have never heard of anything that's more illustrative of how human beings work when we're supportive, when we're caring, when we interact and communicate with each other, we thrive. When we don't have that, we lose a reason and a purpose to live. No, you're right, and and I think that that can be seen in in animal kingdoms as well, not just in the human uh, kingdoms. You know, they've done I think studies and experiments when they've taken uh, uh, monkeys and stuff and and taken the mother away out of the situation and just put like a a doll. You know, and that monkey holds on for that baby monkey holds on for dear life, you know, and and wants that closeness as Mm. well. Right. So there's something to be said about being close to somebody. Right. And and uh, then you got to think as well, uh, if we're going to continue to age 
um, let's say we continue to age progressively, I think what you were saying earlier about having 30, 40 million or billion people on this planet uh, would eventually happen, right? And um, because as we're aging, let's say we age still the same way we continually age right now, right? One year equals one year, right? Um, eventually, you'd have the people who are 18 or let's say being born today and today was their starting day those people would eventually be 120 there'd be no one left to be a baby so the example of uh, hospitals being needed for birth would not be needed anymore because mm. there's no one being born anymore because there's no one dying anymore would you you'd eliminate graveyards absolutely and i mean there's some positives in that as well because if you're going to feed 30 billion people you're going to need that space to grow food right and, and graveyards can be used because it's land now the graveyards that we have right now probably won't but then that goes into waste as well so for producing more food well where do we put all this waste is it being wasted is it being recycled or is there a way to consume the whole thing or like i was saying earlier would there even be a need for food yeah i think it would be a new way of life because probably because all of our resources would be depleted or the, the resources that we use now, we'd basically have to tap into new ways of doing it. Like we'd still have shelter probably in some form because we would need it. But, you know, the homes as we know them now or houses as we know them now without electricity don't exactly function that great. It's just a place to be without electricity. Right. But before electricity was uh, brought into the reality for many people, people existed without it. Yes. Right. They would use uh, some sort of so like kerosene lamps and and uh, the sun as the number one. Right. And, and, and I don't know if it was p more peaceful at that time or not. Um, but, and you know, people weren't necessarily watching TV because there was no TVs at that time. So, you know, just over the last hundred and maybe now 20 years has life really began to change and looked much different than it ever did. Yeah, exactly. And and this whole thing about uh, technology and cell phones kind of just made me think of a, a song by Daniel Amos called The Youth with a Machine. I think it was written in the 80s, but I mean, that's never been more relevant. You know, that's exactly what we're seeing everywhere we go. You walk into a coffee shop, you walk into a bar. What is it? Youth with a machine. They're just staring at their screens. Right. Well, it's funny. I think me and you've had this conversation. I don't remember if we've actually uh, recorded this conversation or we just had this conversation in passing. But uh, I was mentioning to you, like, we've grown up with something in our hands always you know being in the growing up in the 80s i had a walkman in my hand people <laughs> remember cassette tapes you know moving into the 90s i was had a cd player in my hands disc man yeah and then moving into the late 1990s i had an ipod in my hand yep. and now i have a cell phone in my hand right so my whole life has consisted of holding some sort of electronic you know and you got to think will this be something that I guess, would you even need to hold any more electronics if you can implant, for example, if you can develop, um, you know, organs, for example, then what stops us from implanting, you know, speakers into our heads and into our brains or being kind of like the matrix and downloading all the music. So if we want to listen to it, you just listen to it in your own headspace and don't need to wear headphones anymore. Right. I mean, I think that's where that artificial intelligence starts coming in and we start turning into robots or part hmm 
part, partial robots, right? I mean, you can see where people wear hearing aids, for example, and you'll see how part of that, you know, I've seen people wear that, uh, and I don't know the full science behind it, so I do apologize to our listeners, but you'll see sometimes where people have their head shaved and they'll have this little circular disc that's kind of implanted in their head and which allows them to hear, right? So, I mean, what stops us from creating things that would eventually be able to implant right into our heads to listen to music, right? Or do other things. Yeah, I think we, in some ways we are headed in that direction too. You know, uh, we had a discussion not long ago at the question community uh, about the the cloud in the future, but that's one of the things like internet of, of things, right? The IOT basically, you know, it used to, one of the problems was that it was so gaudy people wouldn't really want to wear it but now we've created fashionable iot that people would want to wear and embed into their 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 mind or embed into their bodies in in some way shape or form so i mean that's that's a whole other discussion but it is crazy and i mean maybe that'll have play into aging as well in some way Right. And, and, you know, you make me think about uh, something that I had heard long, long time ago, and I'm sure you've heard it as well. And I'm sure our listeners have heard of it to some extent. And I think someone in uh, France had actually gotten this done as well. But it was getting a computer chip embedded in their skin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as they refer to as the mark of the beast, right? So, yep. I mean, that starts she's showing like what people are willing to do, one, if they're scared, Two, if you allow government to have control, right? And I think if, if you let science and technology control how you age and how you will um, ultimately become and who you will ultimately become, um, you know, I think you will be controlled as well in that, in that process. Well, part of it is a question. And I think it's in some ways the biggest question. And I'm sure we're kind of reaching the point where we're going to wrap up anyway. But that question is, do you really want to live forever or if not forever do you really want to live an extra 40 60 years or more and you know i i think i can live to be 120 and i i believe that 60 could be my mid-age and i could enjoy a nice long healthy joyful productive life but for i know that also there's a lot of people with the attitude that no i mean having experienced so many of the challenges and difficulties and problems that i've had to go to through this point why would i i no, i I, there has to be an end to this thing because this is crazy and so i understand that perspective as well you could be in a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty we all experience that in life and we we can't really compare somebody's pain to our own pain because it's it's different and what's difficult for them might be easy for us right but those are those are the kind of questions i'm sure that people will will be thinking about is do i really want to live longer if i had the opportunity right well you know you make me think about my mom for a second because you know she's been living with arthritis for a very very long time and Mm. you know her knees are very bad and and, i mean they're getting you know they're at points where she's having a very difficult time walking now you know if if there was something you know i they're not she's not at a point where she needs a, a knee replacement but she's not at the point where she's comfortable and happy either in her day-to-day walk. So she's looking for different ways to to heal her own body because the doctors are saying, well, you don't need a, a knee replacement at this point. We don't want to put you through an operation and through all that pain and having to learn how to walk again, I mean, is a big mm. thing, right? So, uh, I mean, you also, like I was mentioning with Stevie Wonder, if, you know, if you're used to living one way, I think, you know, there's something to be said. I don't know what's right or what's wrong. And I don't think anybody can because a lot of our experiences are based on what we've seen for the last you know whatever our life has been so far right i'm 38 years old and my experience is only based on what i've seen and what i've heard and read because i can't see into the future and i can't it's all new 
and it's all new, right? And we can't um, really think about, uh, you know, we can think about it, but I don't think we can really truly understand what living another 40, 50 years. And if you're gonna live another 40, 50 years, then why do we have to die at this 30, 40, 50 year mark either? What makes us say we have to die? Because all we're saying is helping science help us age let's say, uh, nicely into our hundreds and fifties and two hundreds. But why do we have to die at that age? Then, then the question becomes, well, why can't science make us live longer? You know, getting to that potential 900 plus years that we, we, we hear about in the Bible, right. And, and at different times that you, and different things that you read, right. So, uh, and then when you live that, that two, 300 years old and you've got that healthy body and you're able to go out, go out and experience things that you had never experienced. Um, because again, the world would probably continually change what would what make you want to die and not experience that you know yeah it definitely goes both ways and it's really hard to say without without having experienced it and you know if if the mind can only accept and i i take this with a grain of salt for sure but if the mind can only accept so many memories and store so much information before it's kind of overloaded then how many flashbacks are you going to have to the past or like is the past now become much less clearer than it once was and without documenting and writing down what happened you wouldn't even remember anymore maybe some of the people that you met some of the relationships that you had and stuff like that. But I guess you'd have to talk to somebody that's lived to be 120 to know. Well, you know, and that's 120 based on the technology we have right now. Yeah. You know, you were mentioning earlier that we only use 5% of our brain, but if we're able to open up that Really capacity, just like human potential, maybe not our brain, but like 5% Let's say of human our... potential. And I believe it's also part of your brain as well. I think um, it is. Yeah. But let's say we're able to use 5% and let's say we, what makes us think that if, if we can age gracefully and not pass away what makes us think if science is able to let's say make these organs for us why can't then science help us open up the remainder of that 95 percent that we're not using right so then maybe you are able to then store those memories a lot yes. longer and go back into those memories and really go back into facts and you know oh how did i really say that because i know i've had conversations where i've said certain things and i don't remember you know the exact words i've used i just loosely remember the conversation i'm not going to remember the exact tone i use and the, the, but if you're able to use the rest of your mind, maybe you can remember the whole tone and the, the whole conversation and, and even remember feeling because, you know, sometimes people forget the feelings they had or were witnessing somebody else have uh, while something was happening between the two or, or more people. I think that would totally make sense. Yeah, you know, I do too, you know, and you got to look at, you know, I think all of the big picture, what science would be able to do. Uh, now, again, we all both understand that we have or that we have in our uh, pharmaceutical talk, you know, there's a lot of money uh, to see people die, unfortunately, and, and I don't think they have a, an agenda to see people live uh, really long lives because we do have, I, I believe they have an agenda to make money off of misery, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but again, with that said, um, you you know, I think people have to be the judge for themselves and really see what they want to see that's going on or not going on. Yeah, exactly. I think we got to fight for worthy causes, you know, nothing worth fighting for really does come without that without that fight and that effort and that determination to see it become a reality so who who's to say this technology they would want to make us available to us who's to say they want to make that that science and breakthroughs available to us i mean they've they've Throw, they've already thrown us curveballs multiple times. Today, healthiest coffee. Tomorrow, healthy you know, coffee is the worst thing you could possibly drink. And then the next year, coffee produces cancer. And then the next year, coffee gives you more brain power. I mean, 
just stop. <laughs> you know, not, maybe all of it's true and none of it's true, but not all of it can be true. Right. Well, I think a lot of it does come down to the, the supposed research that they do on these things and, and the combination, right? I mean, up until a few years ago, I had no reason to mix coffee with butter and with coconut yeah, oil that's new, and right? CT oil, but somebody thought of it and somebody did the science and did the work behind it. And, and you know, and I believe it's Dave Asprey, from what I understand anyways, who came out with this idea and, or at least Mark marketed the idea uh, and has open coffee shops and to, to sell this product that people have seen huge benefits from, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's not adding the sugars. It's not adding the, the, the creamers, right? The, the stuff that's artificial, sweeteners. That's artificial, right? It's adding the coconut oil from, uh, from a coconut. It's adding clarified butter, uh, which, you know, is supposed to be good fats for our body and our brains because, again, our brain is uh, lives on fats. It doesn't live on uh, necessarily, I, I don't know the exact science again behind it, I'm sure it needs proteins, it needs carbs, but it does also need fats for you to think and, and use that stored energy in, in your mind as well. Yeah, basically it uh, enhances those ketones. Right. Well, exactly. And the other thing we were talking about more and more too that you'll start seeing uh, uh, in science as well is the the idea of nootropics as well, right? And I think we've had the, these conversations mm. as well a little bit, just kind of ins and outs and not really major conversations, but we've kind of thrown the idea around as well where people in our last episode, in one of our last episodes, we're talking about people using drugs uh, such as acid to even enhance their mind or the mind's capabilities. Now, yep. are they using more than that supposed 5%? Are they getting going into that dark matter to bring that into the five percent i don't really know Hmm. Uh, i don't have my brain hooked up i'm not going to start doing acid to figure that out um but i mean there are people who are willing to do it and are willing to be the science experiments on seeing how these things work as well yeah those are some really great points did you have more there Mavine? i do you know just kind of uh, some closing thoughts maybe some thoughts that people can think about um you know on the idea of why i feel you know that uh, i don't know if i'd want to live to two three four hundred uh, you know uh, maybe because i've never seen anybody live that high you never you don't really know what the experience is like for anybody to live that long uh, so there's really no base point to understand uh, i mean if i could live to a hundred i'd be happy if I could live to 120, I'd be happy. Uh, you know, do I want my name in the Guinness Book of World Records? Well, based on some of the stats, 18 out of 19 when I looked at it were women. So my chances are probably pretty slim. To be in well, that. we could figure that like science and technology could even figure out that gender difference and why women would live longer too, right? But Absolutely, right? And But, you know, one of the things I'd like to our listeners to think about is, you know, if we were to have, say, no more people being born, right? Um, I I know in my generation and your generation, every 10 to 15 years, the new best emerges. So the new best salespeople, the new best sports figures, the the new best uh, scientists, the healthcare Mm. professionals, better actors keep coming. Uh, People who, you know, doesn't matter what industry you look at, the best people come, you know, better, um, minds people who win nobel peace prizes people who win science you know um just win these awards in science right that come with these breakthroughs that we're able to do right so if we're not able to create more people because we're aging aging everybody so you know progressively into their two three hundreds you'd only have all the same minds thinking and not necessarily would we ever be able to create a new mind to come up with new new ways of doing things or new 
records be broken. Eventually, I mean, you'd have the same records, right? I mean, eventually that 100 meter would stick, right? No one would be able to break it because, again, unless we're taking performance-enhanced drugs or some sort of things, we're talking about uh, natural ways of well, breaking uh, it, right? unless aging actually means to get better. And we don't know that, right? If, if we're only living to be 80, 60 or whatever, we don't actually know what part of aging makes us better. So I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Well, you know, I, I can take a, a look at the Olympics as an example, right? You can put up uh, someone like a Safa Powell against an eight, any 80-year-old, and I guarantee you that 30-year-old or twenty late 20s man will beat any 80-year-old right now Currently, yeah. off, the, off the bat, right? So, I mean, that's natural talent or natural ability. Now, if we're talking about uh, signs coming in, well, that's not natural anymore, right? We're not talking well. That's apples not to apples. that's not necessarily true. Like, if you have the right foods, the right supplements, the right herbs, and that kind of stuff, it's well, no different than what an athlete does. They consume things that allow them to be perform at their best. Right, and I think they do do that. I mean, you can look at hockey players even today, for example, right? Look at hockey players like Wayne Gretzky. You know, when in his prime, I'm sure he was healthy. He was eating right. He probably had somebody cooking for him all the time and maybe making healthy meals for him so he can perform at his peak performance. Now, without... You know, with natural aging, there came to an age where he needed to retire. His body could not take the physicality of being hurt. You look at like someone like Chris Chelios played well into his 40s, you know, because he was able to, right? You look at uh, boxers, look at uh, Muhammad Ali, box as long as he could, but look at what happened to him after taking enough punches, right? I mean, if we're talking the natural ability, not talking about, you know, I'm sure you could have, he, all these different athletes could have eaten any sort of herbs and and had a uh, allopathic lifestyle but eventually the punishment their bodies take would show I, I, I agree to some extent I think part of that is though it's just the construct that we have we we eat foods that cause inflammation we we don't know really the best ways to eat we have pains in our body and we just begin to accept them without really looking into why those pains actually exist so so there are many reasons for me to believe that's not necessarily the case but we don't have to agree on this point so no no for sure we don't have to agree and that's the beauty of this show right? is not being able to agree on agree on every point if we were to agree on everything we're the exact same person right exactly but with that said you know one of the things i want you to think about too and i want myself to think about what you're saying and i want our listeners to really listen to both sides of the story and and really judge for themselves right but you know there are if you look at all athletes that are natural even bodybuilders right for example these are people who we consider the pinnacle of what fitness should be like you know and and being able to lift you know lots of weight or potentially uh being chiseled and low fat to be able to get to that you have to have a very very clean diet you cannot consume uh you know, carbs that are not healthy for you and sugars in order to look like a weightlifter looks like, right? So you have to understand in my thinking, um, you know, even look at football players, for example, you know, you look at some of these guys, how fast they can run uh, 100 meters or 200 meters. You know, these guys are running fast and, and able to do things that, you know, people that eat unhealthy are able to not do, right? So if we look at some of the best athletes, just looking at the athlete side of things, you have to think that they have one of some of the best diets as well compared to most people on this planet, I would have to think. I think it's a fair point. I just think it has the potential to change. 
oh, right. based on our better understanding of, of the human body. Absolutely. I think we're talking two different things. If you're talking about potential to change, absolutely. I do feel people can still be better. Uh, just changing the way they eat. But I think if we're going to look at it, I think there is a point where if we're just looking at naturally aging, uh, even if you take all the herbs on this planet and consume them, there's still going to be a point where you will, I think, hit a wall or a ceiling where you will not be any better because, again, some of us don't have the natural talent based on DNA to be the best sprinters in the world mm -hmm. and yeah. be the Michael Jordans and the Wayne Greskies. And the but I'm saying like that's the beauty of science and technology. It keeps advancing beyond what we think is possible or where we think we are as human beings or what our bodies are capable or not capable of. Again, if we're unlocking the full 95%, the other 95% of human potential, then all these things might not be limit, might be imagined limitations. It's possible. I'm not saying it is, but it's possible. Well, for sure. And, you know, I, I'll just come do one of the other comparisons as well is I'm just thinking about if you take a Paralympic athlete versus a, an athlete that, you know, doesn't have any deformities or missing a limb or whatever, and you put them side by side, I mean, there's records that have been broken, I think, by Paralympics that even able-bodied athletes are not able to do. So, I mean, there's something to be said in that side of things as well. But a lot of that I do feel is genetics. It is, um, part of it is that as well, right? I mean, part of it is diet, part of it is science because you got to think someone who has an artificial limb and is able to perform is technically an AI specimen, it is an artificial intelligent specimen who is performing either in swimming or in, in say shot put or in running or something, right? So uh, you have to look at that as well. And that's just showing you what science is able to do with people's bodies as well. I do think that's a great representative if, if you want to see where science and technology can take sports, at least, right? I mean, uh, if we ever look at acting, right, for example, I know we're probably going to go a little over, but if we look at something like acting, you know, uh, some of the best actors came in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Well, and if we stop now producing people as an example or stop who could be the next best actors that we haven't seen yet right would i mean i'd love to have al pacino be the best actor forever and robert de niro <laughs> and stuff but you know i do think there's new actors and new talent and and new emotion that can be shown on the big screen or even uh, to a guy like you that's a music guy right there's so much more music that can be created um now if we have science and technology i think come in there and put you know put their hands in there and change the way people live maybe the people who create that music in that short a span of time if you look at somebody like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana you know he produced such great music in such a short span of time yeah he had some stuff to deal with yeah he took his own life but he still made an impact on this world in such a small amount of time now if you allowed everybody to live for longer periods of time would that take away the ambition people have it could I, th I think that's a really important discussion and something I was thinking about bringing up but we have chatted for over an hour at this point <laughs> <laughs> well you know i know we can go forever so uh one of the last things i will say is one of the last points i had on here was um you know if we were to continue to feed the world and have to feed the world i think one of the things more and more people are talking about and thinking about is uh genetically modified foods uh so if we're having to feed 20 30 billion people on this planet eventually someday i think more and more would we have genetically modified food uh to have to 
to be consumed by people and less and less would there be natural foods uh, left because we would need then the spaces in the rainforests uh, to grow this food eventually or in labs, uh, you know, labs or rainforests, I guess, or or land uh, versus labs, you know, depending on however you want to look at it, right? But I mean, the more we cut down our, our environment, the more we may lose our own planet. Yeah, or we'll just have to get used to eating alternative things like trees. <laughs> well, you know, the trees are still consumable. So. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's been using your power. We've been talking about aging science and technology. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing your thoughts. Honestly, it's a discussion that could go on and on and on and on. I'm sure. Uh, anything else, Maveen? No, not at all, David. I think that's that's a great uh, episode that we've put together. I think we've really put some thought into it. I think yep. we've put some thought into uh, for our listeners to so something to think about as well, right? And really, you know, question, maybe have discussions with their own friends and their colleagues and at work and 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 over a cup of coffee with somebody and uh, and really start getting in deeper into conversation about what their thoughts are. I think more and more people are not having conversations about what they truly believe. Mm. And more and more people really just kind of going with the flow is what's happening. So that's my kind of final thought or my third final thought, I guess. <laughs> so true. Well, well, thanks so much for joining us and we'll connect with you again next time. Thank you. Thank you.